What a blessing to hear that fire. If we're going to take the land, we're going to need men that are sold out. Seven or eleven or snake eyes. We need men that are sold out. Tell your neighbor, you've got to sell out tonight. Tonight is the sell night where you just give yourself up 100%. God did not give us men just so that we could sit down and do nothing. We've got to mobilize as an army. Mobilize as an army. I am thinking about doing it now, doing it now. I remember when God said, come back to L.A. and start the work of God. And God gave me Edgy, first of all. Edgy was my man. He was 17, 18 years old. Had him with me, living with me. Brought him up. He drank all my milk. I'm taxing him now. It's a forever tax. Then God, then God brought me Jesse Sanchez, brought me John, you know, men of God. Men that were raised within the house, within the house that have a passion to do what God called them to do. I'm getting old, but these men are getting at the prime of their life. They got some fire. And that's what I want to see men and guys that are just maybe 18 years old catch the fire and sell out. Because we might be poor, but money does not hold us. Money does not hold us. We are men of faith. Men that will believe God for anything and that will cause the supernatural to trigger off. Well, God will bring us the money, bring us the building, bring us the churches, bring us the homes, bring us the men. God is in charge. Can somebody say amen? We've got to do it now. That's the message now. Do it now. Stop putting your excuses before God and do it now. In the book of Numbers, chapter 1, the book of Numbers. When I think of the book of Numbers, I used to think, man, I don't want to read that book. <laughs> but the Lord taught me something that I need to count what we have. Because he's, he needs us to have a log of who they are and what they can do and how long they're been with us. they've been with us. So anyway, the book of Numbers is so powerful because Moses is the man in charge. Amen. A man that believed God, a man that had everything, had everything going for his life, and yet he lost everything, ended up in the backside of the desert for 40 years, and God spoke to him. And called them to go and deliver all the Israelites out of Egypt. The call is always there. If you open up your heart today, you're going to get hit with the call. You're going to get supernaturally attacked. Supernaturally attacked because your heart is right. And your heart is ripe so that God can do what he's got to do. And don't tell me that you're too old. God needs some elders that will stand up and point the way. Point the way. So don't make an excuse that you're an elder. No, that's okay. Elders, you are a blessing to the house of God. At least I know that you're not going to backslide. The thrill is gone, baby. The thrill is gone. But then we need the middle-aged men and we need the young men. Because they're the future of us taking the world. 
They're the future. We need everybody. Everybody. In the book of Numbers chapter 1, verse 1, And the Lord spoke unto Moses in the wilderness of Zion, the tabernacle of the congregation, on the first day, the second month, and the second year after they would come out of the land of Egypt. Take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel, Israel after the families by the house of their fathers and with the number of their names, every male by their poles. From 30 years old and upward, 20 years old and upward, and all that are be able to go forth to war in Israel, Thou, Aaron, shall number them by their armies. And with you there shall be a man in every tribe and every one ahead of the house of his father. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. And I pray that you will stir the waters. Let the heavenly Holy Ghost stir these waters. Cause your grace and your abundance to come upon us, Father. We need you. We don't need our own power. We don't need our own ability. We don't need our own lacks. We need you, O oh God, to be in control of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we thank you now in Jesus' name. Get it done. Tell your neighbor, get it done, neighbor. Here is a man that God calls and calls a nation to follow him. Millions of Israelis and families were following him. Moses was a man that did not have enough time, but he made time for everything that he had to do. Time is on our side if we jump into the cycle of time. And that we understand that we're all here only for a moment and then we're disappearing. We're checking out. We got to take time seriously and take the Holy Ghost to lead us through the channel of time. Because right now you might be looking good, young, healthy, full of energy. You might as well put your energy and time in serving God and doing what God wants you to do. Surrender to that. I can look back when I got saved. I got saved when I was 22. Now I'm 65. 65. And I say to all of you, it is a great time to serve the Lord. And if you're young, put your hand to the plow and don't look back because you will not be fit for the kingdom of God. Plow away. Let God evolve your destiny. Your destiny is important, but your self Put yourself to surrender. Just like Moses did. He surrendered. Time had passed by. Moses in charge of all of these people. And Moses felt, man, I need to move accordingly to the time that God has given me. Amen. You see, we make excuses a lot of time because we got to take care of the wife. I understand. She has many needs. But when you train your wife, when you train your wife to love the Lord and she knows that you are committed to the Lord, then she will loosen your life into the hands of God. 
She needs to surrender. Our work, whatever you've got a job, job takes time from you. They take your time, but when you come to Friday, you receive a check for your time. Your boss can be a devil, but your boss also could be your trainer. Because if you respect your boss, even though he's crazy, God will bless you in the middle of your craziness. I had an elderly man when I was young, when I was cutting metal, I used to be a shear uh, cutter. Before that, I was a cotton picker in Texas. I know what it is to work in the fields. I know what it is to have my hands bleeding because there's no gloves. But a shear job was easy because I had been through the fields. When they put me in the factory, I felt like I was in glory land. I had shade. I didn't have to put up with the sun. But I had one elderly man that was always mocking me because I would say these words, one day I'm leaving my job to serve the Lord. And he used to mock me every time. I used to go drink water. And one day as I was drinking water, there was a huge line there. And I was the last one in the line. By the time I got to the water, he came up and everybody was watching. And he hit the button and he baptized me with water in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he mocked me. And I felt like downing that guy. Beating the mighty hell out of him. But the Holy Spirit said, you're a man of God. You've been speaking things that you should keep to your word and not manifest. By the time the Lord got me out of that place, that was the only man that met me at the door. He says, you know what, son? I believe in you. I believe that you're walking in the truth. I believe that you're really a man of God. And he says, shake my hand. Because I believe in you and you made an impact in my life. My life. Moses was in the wilderness doing it now. Moses was in the wilderness. And all of a sudden as he stands in the, in the congregation, God speaks to him. Now listen to me. Going to church is where God speaks to you. This is Moses standing in the congregation. God spoke to Moses. I don't know about you, but God has spoken to me right where the preacher is preaching to me. And in the church, you might not put any value to the church, but you better get your thinking straight. Because when you stay in the house of God, and when you listen to the word of God, God begins to do something supernatural in your life. Begins to change your thinking. God begins to put a calling upon your life. You start hearing and discerning the voice of God. And once the message goes forth, the message has power. How many here have received power after a Holy Ghost match the message? We need the word of God. We need to come to church. This is why all the men are here. Because we need a word from God. We want to know that we're doing what's right. And here is the busiest man on the face of the earth. A man that was already starting to write Genesis. Exodus. Writing all the Pentateuch. He was actually so busy. And then God speaks to him. I want you to number all of the tribes, families, men, their, their families, name them all. 
Everybody that's 20 years old, he says, I want those to go into the military and the rest, they're going to work also. So God was dropping this on the, the busiest man, the busiest man on the face of this earth. The Bible says that he was the meekest man on earth, meaning that he controlled his temper, his temper, meaning that he was in well-balanced, in a balanced position, that he was temperate in everything that he did. He was very careful in not offending God. And God says to him, I want you to number, number the tribes. That's a lot of work. If I would start here numbering you, I would be here for maybe three, four, five weeks. Maybe more than that. This man had millions of people. And you cannot say that you're too busy when God says, get it together. You can't say, I am too busy. You have to say, I'll do it now. Notice that it says that on, on the first day of the second month of the second year. God is so detailed. Second day. First day, I'm sorry, of the second month and the second year. Now look at verse 18. This is how Moses moved. And they assembled all the congregation together on the first day. On the second month. And declared what they were going to do. Immediately when he heard the voice of God. Immediately he moved on the same day. Doing it now. Moses did not have any excuses. He could have put excuses before God. Because he was a busy man. But he has no excuses. You see a man that has excuses. Is a man stuffed with lies. A man that has excuses, is flesh stuffed with lies. My wife. Your wife is kicking you out of the house and you're still blaming her. What she's saying, you're not committed to the work of God even when God speaks to you. Now listen to me. Immediately he told Aaron, unite the tribes, unite everybody. Immediately he told them. Did everyone wonder? He said, no, I'm going to be obedient to the voice of the man of God. And I'm going to do what God called us to do. And he gathered all the tribes. All the tribes. Can I say this to you? You are very important. That's why when you get saved, the Bible says he writes you in the book of life. Even upstairs, he still has your number. Upstairs, he still has your number. So Moses has no problem in doing it now. Now let me say, what is your problem in doing it now? See, the men of God that I called and they came up here, they didn't give me an excuse. John, when his little girl was hurting in the hospital, he still went at her worst, getting better, but he said, I decided to go. Chris didn't have no money. The Filipino, what's his name? Gino. <laughs> Gino, the first time out. Quitting his job. He didn't make an excuse. Lawrence didn't make an excuse. Everybody had a hard time. But they were doing it now for the cause of people that they didn't even know. People that they didn't even know. 
And I'm telling those Filipinos are wild. And if it's crowded, they'll sit each other on each other's laps. From 2,500 to 5,000 because they sit in each other's laps. Why? Because they're hungry for the word of God. They're not spoiled the way we are. We are so darn spoiled. Thank God for it. We're blessed. But I think we need to get our priorities that the kingdom of God is more important than things, than doing. But doing the will of God is more important than anything else. Than anything else. And you're going to find that anytime Moses dealt with people, they always complained. Because they were always involved in themselves. They were always involved in the I, yay, yay. When you get involved into the stinking I, the stinking I keeps you away from the will of God. The stinking I that I want to do it my way. I want to do this and do that. And God says, I want you where I want you. When I want you, it's your duty to do what I called you to do. Well, it's getting quiet in this holy place. God knows who you are and why you're sitting in this place. Moses did not hesitate to do it. So you need to do it. You need to do what God wants you to do. Turn with me to the chapter Numbers. After they had counted all the tribes, after they had spent the time, Aaron Aaron gets called to the tabernacle because God spoke to Moses and says, I want you to get Aaron and separate him for my call. He says, wash him totally. Put the garments on, the priestly garments, and anoint Aaron to do the work in the place that I have called them to do. Now, when God places a calling on you to do something, you become excited. It's an honor. Some of you, I can see that inside of you, you, you got this thing inside of you, this reverend, reverend engine of the Holy Ghost that says, I've called you, and I want you to move, and I want you to do things for me, and you're holding yourself back, and that's good. Because you get to see everything before it's done. Aaron was placed into his position, but remember, the high priest and the workers, which were four of their sons, were anointed also to work underneath Aaron. And they were running the whole house of sacrificing. Now, they were killing bulls. They were killing sheep. There was blood everywhere. It sounded exciting until you get to do it for a few months. Because there was blood everywhere. They had to kill. They had to take the skin off. They had to do it a certain way. And there was blood shed running. Because it was the blood that they would sprinkle the people. Their people did not have their sins forgiven. They were just covered. Until Jesus came to the cross, we have the ability that our sins have been forgiven, placed into the deepest ocean, never to be remembered again. But in those days, it was the priestly job to just sprinkle him. And it was a bloody sight. Bloody sight. So they started with a speed 
with a functioning engine, 16-cylinder engine doing the work of God with all of their passion, except two of their sons, all of a sudden had a better idea. God always places things in motion, and he wants them done his way. Tell your neighbor, God wants it done his way, not your way. And that's the problem that you start off speeding, but you end up doing it your own way. And then you start adding to something that you should not even been dealing with. None of your business. Do it the way God wants it done, not the way you want it done. Today we got a Hollywood church. Money, 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 money. My name is Jimmy. Gimme, 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 gimme. Let me tell you something. There is nothing wrong with money as long as we're using it for the gospel. Come on, somebody. That's why we got the L.A. preachers. That sickens me when I turn on the TV and hear the L.A. preachers. I like what D.D. Jake said. You ought to send all of those preachers to my church so I could straighten them out. That's what he said. So it, it becomes sickening. Some of them are honest, but some of them are just not honest. It's ugly. And to put that kind of seed into people that don't know the gospel, they criticize us more because we started adding to appeal to the people with money. Why did I say that? That was good. Thank you, Paul the Ghost. Yeah. In verse 4 of chapter 3, Nedab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Zion, and they had no children. Eleazar and Ithamar, ministers in the priest's office in the sight of Aaron on their fathers. Now, stop. And these guys were fully engaged into making the proper sacrifices, but some of them said, I'm going to make it easy. Need that and buy you. Said, we're going to do it easy. We're going to, we're, we're going to just take a shortcut. How many know that sometimes we like to take shortcuts? And those shortcuts get us in a lot of trouble. And here were their priestly duties, and they started taking shortcuts. And guess what? God killed them both. Now, there was four, 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 four sons of Aaron. Two died. Now he's left with two. He's left with two. And I don't know about you, but when you lose a loved one, it hurts. Man, it's a feeling. If you've never been through it, it hurts. Aaron did not get bitter, thank God for that. But he did go through some pain, and we don't hear about it in the Bible, but it do, did go through some pain of losing his two sons. I know I would. Losing I've lost a sister, I lost a brother, and it, it, and it hurts. It hurts. You mourn for them. It hurts. And then to see your mom crying, that's another issue that you pick up. 
and they too passed away. At this time, they say, the commentators say that Aaron was probably in the saddest moments of his whole life. And then he felt the burden for the ministry, and he didn't have enough workers. But listen to verse 5. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi and present them before Aaron the priest that they may minister unto him. Now listen to me. We started off where they numbered all the tribes. Now God had a plan because he said, don't include the tribes with the rest, the Levites. They didn't know what was going on, only Moses and God. He knew that their two sons were going to make a mistake. But he cared about Aaron. He says, bring the Levites over here. There was 22 thousand Levi's that were going to help Aaron now in the ministry that God had called now listen you might have lost two people but God's about to bless you with more people because sometimes the people that you love the most leave you and God said because they left you now I can deal with you and I can show you what I'm about to do and bless you in your ministry more than ever so pastor be encouraged if they left you get ready for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit get ready for a multiplication you had an addition but you're going to have multiplication now you're going to have multiplication now now listen to verse 6 now Bring the tribe of Levi near, and I think I spoke, I said that, right? Verse 7, and they shall keep his charge and the charge of the whole congregation before the tabernacle of the congregation to do the service of the tabernacle. In other words, bring those 2,000 men in because now you're going to have more than enough help to help you uh, because they're going to be dedicated and they're going to accomplish what I want them to accomplish. He felt sad, but now he felt happy. I don't know about you, I'd be happy if 22,000 people walked into my church and I just had somebody passed away. I would be excited. 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 Now, I'm going to read it in the book of Numbers chapter 8 verse 11. I'm going to read one scripture so I can get you to think properly. Of all the Israelites, I have the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons to do the work of the tent meeting on behalf of the Israelites to make an atonement for them so that they, so no plague will strike Israel when they go near the sanctuary. Say with me, I am of gift. gift. 22,000 men, God brought them in and said, this is the gift to you, Aaron. To you, I'm giving you this gift. I want to say that every one of you that know Jesus Christ, you are a gift to the church. You are a gift to work underneath that man that is preaching to you. Say with me, I am a gift. gift. Say it again, I am a gift. gift. 
See, God knows how much you're worth, so you need to think of yourself as a gift. When I brought my wife a nice, beautiful ring that cost me quite a bit of money, I gave her that gift. And when she opened it, she cried and she gave me the biggest hug. She realized how much value I had for her, that she was a gift to me. You are a gift. Stop looking at yourself as nobodies. Start looking at yourself as a somebody that brought you to the place where he has you because he has gifted you to that one man that is reaching to you. That's what the new King James plays it, a gift, a gift, a gift. Man, I can live with that to know that I am gifted of God, that you are gifted of God, that he has set me there for a special position to do the work now. Now, you're not just here to pass by, and if you go, God's going to bring you back. God's brought you here because he has a plan, he has a purpose, and he has a destiny for you, and he's going to accomplish it. But you need to do it now and give your heart 110% and say, you know what? I'm shutting the doors of the world. I'm shutting the doors of my feelings. I'm going to give myself 105% to the Lord. Tell your neighbor, God's speaking to you, neighbor. If you ever had a doubt... God's placed you in the right place at the right time. Stop doubting about that. I have some good preachers. I got 12 preachers working for me. Today, I didn't have to do anything but just hear them because they realize that they're a gift of God. They're a gift of God. When they get behind the pulpit, they do a great job. People applaud. People love them. Why? Because they are a gift to the church. Come on, somebody. You are a gift to the church. Oh, man, I'm telling you, this excites me. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 3, verse 5, it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Bring the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron, the, the priest, to assist him. What is your duty? To assist your pastor. Say it with me. My duty is to assist my pastor. Say it louder. My duty is to assist my pastor. That's your duty. I tell all my guys, if I'm telling you to sin, walk away. But if I'm, t- if I'm telling you to serve the Lord and to help me, then you've got the goods to do it. Yeah, it is good news, isn't it? Hallelujah. It's time because I know that you guys are hanging on the balances and it's time that you give up everything that you are. (laughs) Did I read 18 verse 6? No, okay, well I'm going to read it now. 18 verse 6, Numbers. I myself have selected your fellow Levites from among the Israelites as a gift to you Dedicate them to the Lord to do the work at the tent meeting. I want you to lift up your hands right now to heaven. I want to dedicate you. Lift them up, both of those hands. Father in heaven, you see all these men that you have brought? I say I'm giving them back to you because they belong to you. 
And Lord, I pray that this dedication will be a glorious dedication, that your power and your anointing will flow through their lives, that whatever house they're serving, they will dedicate yourself totally to them and totally to the man of God. Thank you for this great blessing now. We dedicate right now our whole lives to you. My mind, my will, my I, myself, will give myself totally in the mighty name of Jesus. Now give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. You're a gift to help the church and to work under that man. That is your duty. And if the devil is scamming and lying to you about that man, you need to shut your flesh up and rebuke the devil and stick it out through thick and thin. That is your job. That is your job. Are you with me? So 22,000 men, God gave them for losing two sons. And if you lose in your church, you will always gain it. You might feel discouraged, but you're going to be more blessed than you've ever been because God will bring new faces in. Maybe it was time for them to go. And you're trying to keep something that's poisoning you. I've had to let go of people and say goodbye, so long, farewell. The Lord bless you. May the Lord use you wherever he's going to use you. But I, this train has got to move on. And God has always blessed the church because I did not try to keep people. Because they belong to God. And if they don't want to stay, there's nothing I could do. Have I cried? Oh, yeah. Did I want it to retaliate? Yeah. <laughs> but as a pastor, I have to live what I say. And I have to give them over to the Lord and let it go and let God bless the church. The day you start dominating people is the day you start building a cult. They either serve because they're dedicated to God, not because you're dominating them. You missed a good time to say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So everybody here is a gift. Mm -hmm. You know what the Levites, you read it. You can read it there in chapter four, chapter one, verse forty-five and forty-seven. It says the Levites were called to be spiritual war fair people. In other words, they were anointed to keep the sanctuary clean, and if anything would come in that was dirty, they would die on the spot. Why? Because they were called to cleanse the temple. I want to say to all of you, you are called to cleanse the temple. 
Cleanse yourself. Purge yourself from every evil work. That means cut it off. If it's the ladies, well, at least you're human. Nothing wrong with that. Desiring. But don't go crazy over there. Go crazy over the Lord and the Lord will give you a rib. And I'm talking about a good rib. Not an ugly woman. Something that you like. He will provide. Look at how you got excited. Man, you guys are imagining a lot. Wipe it out right now. Wipe it out. Erase that thought. Give it to God. You're there to serve the man of God. You are doing spiritual warfare. I want you to stand to your feet right now. Let's do it now. Let's do it now. I want you to lift up your hands right now. Both of those hands, and I want you to repeat with me. In the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke the powers of hell against my family, against my relatives. I loosen now the glory of God upon them wherever they're at let your glory fall now in the wonderful name of Jesus put a hedge around us protect us and guide us in the name of Jesus we are your army we will not give up we will fight in the name of Jesus I loosen the glory upon my life let there be a cleansing in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus now give him a shout and glorify hallelujah glory 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 I want to open up these altars now. If God spoke to you and said, you know what? It's time for you to surrender. It's time for you to just totally surrender. Find a place right here. Let go of your I, your pride, your arrogance, whatever it might be. Make room for your brothers. Just let it go. Let go. Thank you.